Welcome to America's Top Rabbitsons. May this class be for Rafua Shalema, for Lev Emanuel Batliana, and for Eliezer Raphael Benemuna. Please click the subscribe button to subscribe to us on the America's Top Rabbitsons YouTube page or click follow to follow us on your podcasting app so that you are the first to know when an inspiring new episode is posted. I am excited to have on today's show Rebitson Margie Scherer. Rebitson Margie was born and raised in Colombia. 24 years ago, she and her husband moved to the United States with their children, and they enrolled them in a Jewish day school, which stirred their souls a little by little. The family started growing in Torah and mitzvah observance. And from that experience, Margie became a Batshuva, and eventually she became a Rebitson. For the past several years, she teaches multiple classes each week on the weekly Torah portion. She teaches also on Shalom Bayit, which is peace in the home, on Rosh Hodesh, which is the new Hebrew month. And she also teaches about living a happier life and many, many other topics. Wow. What a journey. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Okay. First of all, hi, Vera. Hi, everybody. Uh, I want to thank you for inviting me to your, to your podcast. I really have been listening to it. And I am beyond, beyond, because really you're like a lighting fire. You're that, that menorah in the Beit HaMikdash, because, uh, yeah, you don't stop. It's like an, you find all these incredible, super inspirational women in the world that are doing, like, amazing things. Uh, like, really, it gives me a lot of comfort to know that there's so much goodness in the world because uh, we're so bombarded with the negativity that sometimes we think like, oh no, like everybody lost it. But in reality, through you, I can see that that's not the case, that there's a lot of goodness and a lot of power, women power. And as our sages teach that the Mashiach is gonna come through the merit of the women. Amen. And I can, see, I can see it and I can feel it. So Kola Kavod, I really, I want to congratulate you. Oh, yes. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. So, yes, I was born in Medellin, actually. Medellin is very famous for not so good things. Uh, I know people know about Pablo Escobar and all this situation. In reality, it's a beautiful city. Um, it's in a valley. And uh, the what it's known for in the good sense of the way, it's flowers and beautiful women. It's a beautiful city. And uh, when I was little, we moved to Bogota, which is the capital of Colombia. And um, I grew up there, beautiful childhood in a loving Jewish home, but very secular, very, very traditional, but we didn't know anything. Like really it was lack of, of knowledge that didn't help us be more, um, more observant of the Torah and the mitzvot. Although if you look at the community in Bogota, it's a very loving and giving community, like the, their mitzvahs, the ones that they do, they do like a top notch, like the Bikur Holim and, the, and they take care of the elderly and people are really take care of their elderly. There's a beautiful Beit, Hab, uh, Beit Habot over there where they take care of people. And uh, Hebra Kadisha is, I've never seen a Hebra Kadisha like the one in Bogota, really. so. They have a lot of merits. Um, our grandparents came from different places after the wars. I, mine came from Syria and, and Poland uh, with nothing, with whatever they were wearing and no language and no nothing. And nevertheless, there's synagogues and Jewish schools and Jewish life and mikvahs. And so it's very impressive. Um, so I grew up very beautiful life, really. And, um, but Colombia has a problem in its security. So 24 years ago, when my kids were little, the security was um, unbearable. Like there was so many kidnappings. They were taking people out of their car and taking people out of their schools and people, like it wasn't, it was horrendous. And we came to a point where we said like, we cannot live like this anymore. This is not possible we need to change our lives. And we decided to move to Miami to make a long story short. We, because this was a place that was more familiar to us, let's say we came here for vacations every year and uh, we knew how to get on a car and drive and go places. We, it was familiar. So we moved here. And uh, when we moved here, <clears throat> I had my children in an American school in Bogota 
I grew up from the American school, beautiful school. And uh, I was very, I don't know, like, I don't know how to call it, very open-minded, maybe very, like you have to grow up with everybody. You have to know about everybody. Like that's because we grew up like that. And uh, when we came here, then the question came, what should we do with our children? And, uh, and I was, no, the American school, the American school, there's a sister school here. You just had to transfer them. And my husband was more like, no, we should take them to a Jewish day school. Like in Miami, they're already going to have the language and, you know, let them grow up in a Jewish day school. So he moved before I did because he was working already here. He gives me a phone call on, on, a, on a certain day of the week. And he tells me I went to see the two schools. I went to see the Jewish day school and I went to see the American school. And he gave me a, a report of everything he saw with no emotions, just very what he saw. And at that moment, I had a gut feeling. I never felt that. It was so strong. So a gut feeling like right here in the middle of my heart. And I said, okay, put them in the Jewish school because we had to pay for their, to reserve the place. It was January. So I, he says, are you sure? He says, I'm sure. Don't ask anything else, put them in the Jewish school. And that was the beginning of our journey into, into learning Torah and connecting to the mitzvot and changing our whole life. And um, so, yeah, one thing brought the other. Suddenly we were in a community here, uh, living in a gated community. And my husband started going to shul on, on Saturdays. He always, we always went on Friday in car, but Saturdays became a thing for him. And uh, the synagogue that was closest to us was like a half an hour walk. And in the summer, Miami is hundred degrees. It, it became impossible. So one day he's walking back and uh, he says, this is becoming impossible. There were another few neighbors with him and they said, let's open a shul in this community. There's a, like a shul, a, a Shabbat shul in a house. And at that moment he became Shomer Shabbat. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I said to him, you know what? I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I can't. And so we've been pulling strings. He goes here, I go here. He goes. That's been our journey the last 20, I would say 22 years. Um, it's a whole story. It's a different podcast, this whole thing. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yes, we became who we became. Like we, we, we unearthed what we are really. And uh, he became, um, he did Smiha 10 years ago when he was 50. So that renders me a Rebetzin, but I'm really not a Rebetzin. I'm just Margie. But uh, so that's the title. But I really, I, I feel like the teacher, like more like a teacher than and a guide and a person that helps other people connect to God, that which is what you do too. And uh, that's my, 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 my purpose. That's what I'm doing. I love it. It's so beautiful. And I love your story. Like it's. it's very very genuine and authentic it's so beautiful i love it i love it Thank and you. so today we're going to talk about a topic that our generation is really really struggling with it's called bitahon that is not based on reason or experience but on emuna emuna is also known as faith so basically we know that hashem is good and that he is the only one in charge and he is running the show so a person with true bitahon has no fears, no worries, complete trust in Hashem. That person knows without any doubt. The person with a moon and bitahon knows without any doubt that Hashem is always with him, always watching out for him, and always putting him in the best possible situation. And this is very interesting because although many people believe this to be 100% true, they still sometimes struggle when they're faced with a difficult situation. So could you please tell us the distinction between Amuna and Bitahon and how we can practically apply them in our lives? Okay, so first of all, to have fear and to be nervous and to be stressed is a natural human condition. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. People, this is a mechanism that Hashem gave us for for to protect us from danger and to and to feel like that gut feeling I had like okay there's something here that wouldn't be okay like you know so the the 
we have to understand to begin with that we have two two souls a jew has two souls we have a godly soul and we have a vivifying soul like the alter rebbe calls it the vivifying soul or the animal soul and we have these two entities within us that are very much alive they're real they're true so one is a part of us that is animalistic it's egocentric it's me, 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 it's what I want, it's what I believe, what I think, I, I, I. That's how you can know this is it. And then you have mamish, like the Rebbe says, the Alter Rebbe, a piece of Hashem within you. It's a spark of God. And that soul is completely selfless, has no agenda of, what, of anything, just wants to be connected to God, wants to do what Hashem wants him to do. And so we have these two this two, this duality within us, and it's fighting inside of us all day. Yes. So the the question of a moon and bitahon really is it's interesting because you have to understand you have this. So emuna is belief, is believing Hashem, is is faith, and a Jew is a believer, a child of a believer. We're we're this is our inheritance from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You have it within you. You can have a Jew that says I'm an atheist, but he really in his in his deepest part, he believes. I've seen people that don't believe in God and when their parent is dying in the hospital, they're saying Shema Israel, you know? So truly, deeply, 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 they believe. Bitahon, on the other hand, is trusting Hashem. So we, to come to trust God really is a little more difficult. And so if you're, if you're in your body, you are connected to the animal soul because they're, they're fighting for the city. The body is the city. And these two kings are fighting for a city. And whoever is ruling, the other one is like submissive, like dormant under it. And depending which one is in that moment in control of the body, at that moment, either you have bitahon or you don't have bitahon. Wow. Really interesting. Wow. I, I never looked at it that way. You're right. I mean, for sure that we have two souls in our body, the godly soul and the animal soul, and they're fighting. And it's just so, so interesting. So when the animal soul has taken over, the bitahon leaves. And when the godly soul comes back in to take over, then the bitahon comes in. It's so, it's so interesting. Yes. And that's why you can have a moment where you're in fear. You're in, uh, how do you call that? A flight, flight and... Fight or flight fight or flight in your life and at that moment you connect to, to to your inner essence because you you learn that the techniques to connect to that other part and at that moment you connect to god and then the fear goes away immediately wow Wow. I it's such a great calming technique. Like what you just said is such a great calming technique because so many people suffer from, from anxiety and from stress and they're always in that fight or flight mode, you know? And that's just an amazing technique. In order to calm ourselves down, we have to stop for a second and think and connect ourselves to Hashem, connect ourselves to our own godly soul, and then we can calm down because we know we are not running the show. We're not the one in charge. Hashem is really in charge. Exactly. That's exactly how it works. And so, yeah, we have a person can have a moment in their day where they're, they're not fearful of anything and they're stress-free. And then suddenly something happens and he goes like, wow, what happened? And then he, got, he becomes anxious and scared because at that moment, the animal kicked in, grabbed that, the, the body. Everything that's anxiety, fear, anger, sadness comes from the animal soul. That's very powerful. You know what I want to ask you? This is bringing it up for me. How, because there's so many people who are in this situation between, you know, the moment that you have fight and flight and between the moment that you can connect that beat at home, there's, there's like a gap, there's a space. Is there something that you can suggest that people can, you know, between, between fight or flight and, and connection in that space, how can they kind of get themselves, themselves together, you know, to say, okay, I have to connect to Hashem. The way that I'm going to calm myself down is connected to Hashem. Like, what is something that they can do? I have a beautiful, well, it's not mine. It's it's uh, from the Torah, but Einot Milvado. Right. Right. Einot Milvado. Every time you're in a position like that, just 
Einot Bilbado, say it three times. Einot Bilbado, Einot Bilbado, Einot Bilbado. This is from Hashem, this is from Hashem, this is from Hashem. Right, so you're saying Einot Bilbado. Yes, so Einot Bilbado really is like, a, it's not a, it's not a magic trick. It's not, a, but it is because it's like it takes you out of the spell. And so at that moment where you accustom yourselves to say this, then you realize there's nothing separate from God, like everything is Hashem. And that moment that you're put in a certain situation or a thought that comes to your head that's bombarding you and draining you, and you say this, then at that moment you, you recognize, okay, the, I'm, this is from Hashem. He's sending me this. Why is he sending me this? What do I have to do with this? And that's when you, you really can exercise your free choice because either you push it away and, 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 and give it to God or you, you go into this uh, fearful anxiety uh, and angst moment. Right. It's 100%. I love that. The In that moment, people could think of this is from Hashem and they can continue to think, what does Hashem want me to learn from this? How am I supposed to go, grow from this? And that's a really, really different experience. And oh my God, oh my God, how am I going to solve this? I can't do it. You know, going into that crazy mode. It's a completely different experience when you just take a breath and take a moment to just stop, but just stop for a minute and root yourself in Hashem and I feel like once you give over your problems to Hashem, there's such a calmness that comes over you. And in that space of calmness, you could think, okay, I don't like the situation. It's not what I would have chosen for me, but it was given to me by Hashem. I know it's for the best. Let me try to see if I can figure out what can I learn from it? What does he want me from, to learn from it? And how can I grow from it? So that's beautiful. It's really, really, really beautiful. And which brings me to my next question, which is each, each and every one of us has a spark of godliness inside of us. And this in and of itself makes us worthy and valuable. And we are all vehicles for bringing holiness and light into this world. But I want to ask you realistically, how can we as human beings emulate Hashem? Okay, that's a very, very good question. And so... We have to understand a little more, like understanding, not having knowledge and understanding really helps a person a lot. I think that once you, you understand, half of the problem is gone. I agree. Knowledge is very important to, to learn Torah from good sources, maybe have a, a mentor that will help you, someone that will guide you. Very important. Uh, again, going back to the, to the souls, uh, Hashem created the world in two ways. He created um, a natural existence where everything is natural. Like, okay, I eat, uh, I eat something greasy and I have a stomachache, right? Or I work very hard and I make money. That's what you think, right? Yeah. Which is not the way. This is really, you, you are part of the natural world. Hashem did create a world in which it's the reality is that he's he's hiding, he's non-existent, like you cannot even feel him. And that's the gift he gave us because he gave us this work. This this he's since soon he put himself so small and he hid in nature so we can have free choice. That's the purpose of it. Okay. But what <laughs> happens? People who live in the natural world live a natural existence. They are run by the natural world. Right. The stock market failed, the gas is high, the, there's inflation, there's deflation. I don't know a lot about, about the economics, but people are panicking, yes. right? Mm -hmm. People are panicking because they are connected to the natural world. If you're connected to the natural world, you have to be panicking, but then there's a, another reality, which is an infinite reality of Hashem. And you can choose to connect to that reality. So again, if you're operating with your animal soul, you are connected to the natural reality. If you're operating with your godly neshama, then you're operating with the infinite godly possibilities of 
there's no Hashem has all the possibilities in the world. I he can that. do everything for you, everything for you. Like there's no limit. You're the one that closes the 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 the, the faucet. You know the water is running, running, right? You leave it open. It's gonna give you a water that's uh, from the Rabbi Pakuda, the the He gives this explanation. Like if you open a faucet of water, it's gonna give you water and water. You can flood your house. But if you close it, then you don't have water. So with Hashem is the same way. We are the ones that that decide how much water we want, how much godly revelation in our lives we want, and. Um, and this is, uh, it says in the Hovosa Levavot, he explains, like a manufacturer is dependent on machinery and his uh, raw material. My husband, he, 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 he produces housewares, uh, plastic housewares in Colombia. And there came a moment with the pandemic that because of China and all the problems, there was no raw material. There was no raw material anywhere. Right, right. So, you know, so the factory, what's going to be? Like, he has all these people there working machines, every, but they can't find the material. Hashem runs the world. Not China, not the, the petroleum, not Hashem. You know what? Two years later, they're still running. They always got raw material. They always found it from other places. It never stopped. It never stopped. And one of the things that I would tell people when they're in a moment of, 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 of fear is like sit for one minute and think about other times in their lives where there also have been moments of fear or of uncertainty and think how did they come out of it? And most of the times, everything run the same, nothing happened. They never lacked having a house they never lacked having food in their table most people i'm not saying everybody but if you look even a, a homeless person in the street is not dying of hunger they wouldn't be there and it, like you see them for 20 years the same guy in the same corner someone is feeding him right hashem is feeding him right yes hashem is feeding him through kind people but Hashem is feeding him. So if we put these ideas in our head and we, we really think, you know, yes, I'm going through a hard time. The world is upside down. It's going terrible, but you know what? So we've been two years into a pandemic. I'm still dressing. I'm still eating. I'm still being able to, to even people go on vacations. You go to the airports, it's full of people. The planes are packed. You go to anywhere, it's packed, packed, packed. How can it be? Right. How can it be that in a time of the world like this, this, the world keeps going and it's Hashem. It's only because of his kindness that the, everything keeps, keeps going. So, so I think that people need to really bypass, bypass. This is a word, bypass, bypass the natural world, bypass it. It's like, so hard to do, though. It's like so hard. I know exactly what you're saying, because sometimes I also try to bypass the, the natural world. And sometimes it's so hard. Like what? Like what do you how, how can we realistically do that? You know, like one example of how we can do that. I think one example very important is Ashkaha Pratis. Is to really open your eyes and see Hashem's hand in your life in everything. And how he takes you, he carries you. There's moments where he's carrying you. Oh, yes. And, and, and when you are aware of that and you're grateful for it and you're counting your blessings every day, you're counting, if you have to make a list of two blessings a day, two blessings a day, but at least you, you must have tons of blessings. Yes. Tons, like that we woke up, that we are able to breathe, that we're able to walk, that we're alive, that we're able to... All these things, if you're counting your blessings and seeing Hashem's hand in your life in everything, you will be able to control it. It's training. It's not something that you come and you conquer and you got there. Because when you think you're there, then something wham, something else comes. And then you're like, wow, 
you're again swimming against the tide. But it's work. It's it's like when a person goes to the gym and they're training on their biceps so they're not falling down and their crunches and you stop going to the gym for 15 days, everything starts falling down again. The muscles need to be <laughs> worked. Bitajon is a muscle. It's so true. I love it. And I, I love that, you know, it's it's a training. It's a training. Like you were saying at the gym, you go to the gym, you train, you you weight lift. Some, some of us have a personal trainer and they teach the exercises. It's exactly like that. You're training your spiritual muscles instead of your physical muscles. And I love what you said, you know, just to train yourself to see Hashem's hand in your life. Because if we really sit and look at it all the times that we've been that we've been saved and we think it's because this one saved us or because that situation saved us or this happened and okay i was saved but it really it was hashem orchestrating everything hashem talks to us and he works miracles in our lives often through other people so we say the other the other person was the messenger really hashem wanted to save us a salvation but he sent it through this one through that one you know through this circumstance that happened but it's really hashem who's sending you the the salvations through these other people so if we learn to see, if we learn to look back on our lives and see from the past how Hashem has saved us, then that will give us confidence that in the future, Hashem will save us again because he's already proven to us that he's walking with us, that he's walking by our side and saving us and being with us every single moment. You shouldn't even doubt that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So it's interesting because when I learn about a concept like Amun and Bitahon, I love to hear people's personal stories and experience with that concept, you know, incorporating it in their lives, because I feel like that makes the concept come alive for me. So I want to ask you if there are any situations or experiences from your own personal life where you can really say that you personally deeply, deeply felt Amun and Bitahon? Well, I walk with it. <laughs> I experience it every minute of my life. But there's some that are very very interesting once we my husband and i we needed to to we needed a certain amount of money and we didn't have it like we were like we didn't have that money to do what we needed to do and one day we get a, a check from the irs with a tax return to us from three years ago that we had paid extra money to the irs and they returned us exactly the amount of money we needed wow so you see hashem he, he we we made a mistake we didn't even realize we made a mistake we didn't even know he put it away he put it away he held it for us for that moment where when we would need that money and it came exactly at the exact time with the exact amount <laughs> like only hashem can do something like that it's amazing. Wow. You know, it's so interesting about getting checks in the mail. Occasionally that happens to me too. I bet it happens to many other people when they're least expecting it and when they most need it. You know, it, it doesn't happen to everybody. And it, you know, when I say a check, yes, I'm really talking about a check, but it doesn't just have to be a check. Like there, there are other salvations that people need. You know, people need um, a refuah shalema, like, you know, somebody's sick, they need us, they need their, their child or their loved one to have a speedy recovery and health. And that's also you know, Hashem brings that often also too, you know, when we dive in and we say to, to Hillim and we have, you know, our friends say to, to Philot for, you know, on behalf of our loved ones. So the salvation, sometimes it comes in the form of a check, sometimes in the form of good health. And there are many other forms that that salvation comes from. But I, that, yeah, I love your story. That is so cool. Yes. Now, I want to make something clear. Bitahon doesn't mean hocus pocus right doesn't think that you doesn't mean that you have this way of life and everything's gonna turn rosy and happy you know we have to go through things uh, we're filming this in the three weeks almost entering the nine days before the destruction of the temple we have to be realistic things happen life happens it's life happens it's 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 part of this world it's part of life and um Every situation that you encounter is part of your purpose in life. I love that. That's beautiful. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that's hitting the nail right on the head. I think it's so beautiful. Yes. So we have to understand that Hashem needs something from us. And he created each person with a purpose. Like we have a collective purpose as Jews. And the world has a collective purpose as the world. 
And we individually, each person has a purpose and a mission in this world. So everything that you live, everything, 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 the good, the bad, the green, the gray, the blue, the pink, everything is part of your purpose, is part of what you need to accomplish in your lifetime. It's interesting. It's Parasha, Parasha Masei, Matos Masei that we're learning this week that talks about journeys, the Jewish people having their journeys. The Baal Shem Tov said, like, every person has these journeys in their own life. They, they get out of the Mitzrayim, right? They, Egypt, their personal boundaries. And at the end, they have to eventually redeem themselves and come to the promised land. That's our job in this world as, as a person, as a human being. But it, it's, it's important to understand that, um, that we cannot sit in a beach every day with a piña colada, thinking that everything's gonna fall on top of us, that Hashem runs the world. It's a paradox. So we need to do our hishtaldudus. We need to do our job. We need to do our, put our effort. We have to give the best we have. This is what Hashem wants from us. He wants us to do the best we can with our abilities. Each person with their own abilities. He's not asking Vera to be Margie. He's not asking Margie to be Vera. Each person has their own abilities, their own things that are what they need to do. But we have to understand that at the end of the day, the the the, the effort is yours, but what's what the, the what comes after is in Hashem's hands. And I think that's something very hard for people to understand and to accept that they don't control life and they don't control the world and they don't have like it's not in their hands. Like sometimes it can make you feel very um very like uh you know out like hands are tied like yes like out of control out of control people like to be in control people yes. need to have that feeling that they control they have it under control but we don't we really don't right we really don't we only have to do the best we can and hope that hashem will give us what we need but in reality, he always gives us what we need. The, the problem is that what he gives us and what we want is sometimes not the same thing. Right. But a big thing of Pitahon is to understand that you are where you need it. You are living the life you need to live. There's no mistakes. And that uh, Hashem needs something from you. He does need something from you. And if it's not through this means, he cannot bring it, bring what he needs. Right, so there are no mistakes. Hashem does not make any mistakes. No, you know, I, I, I counsel many. I learn a lot with young girls with the Shalom Bite and they get married and sometimes they call me and say, Margie, I think I, I made a huge mistake. And I told them, you you didn't make a mistake. Like, it's your basher. This is what needs to be. It's part of your purpose. It's part of what you have to live. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And speaking on that topic, you know, about uh, Amuna and Bitahon and living our purpose. I mean, you know, I view Amuna, Amuna and Bitahon as mindsets, you know, or I, as I say, soul sets, because Amuna and Bitahon have to do more with the soul. So instead of a mindset, I say like to say Amuna and Bitahon are soul sets. I think that's a beautiful explanation, but the Beis Halevi teaches something very, very profound. And he says that bitahon is not a nice way to live. Bitahon is not a mindset. Bitahon is not a way of life. Bitahon is actually a commandment of the Torah. Wow. It's a mitzvah. It's what, the most important of the 630 mitzvot, because if you don't have bitahon, the rest is, the rest is faulty. 
And uh, this, this comes to what I really want to share and what I really think it's important for Jews to understand and everybody at large is that Bitajon is a positive mindset. I'm not going to say it's not, but it's not a fake my positivity. You know, it's not toxic positivity. It's not thinking everything is good and everything will be good and everything. No, Bitajon is actually a an obligation of the Torah that we have to trust God. And the first commandment of the 10 commandments given to us in Mount Sinai says, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And the first commandment is not, I am the Lord, your God, who created the world. It is, I am the one that takes you out of your constraints. I am the one that is there for you. I am, I put you there and I take you out of there. You know, not only he puts us, I am the one that brought you out of Egypt. Wow. I love that. I love that you highlighted that. That's amazing. So one of the lacks of Bitajon, one that people struggle with Bitajon. It froze. So, so lack of bitajon, according to the Hovos Halevavod, Rabbi Bahia Ibn Pakuda, is ignorance. He says it's ignorance. People don't know what bitajon is. <laughs> no, so, so you're saying that, that people don't know about the ignorance. The ignorance. They, they, they don't understand that trusting Hashem is really one of the 613 mitzvot. Just like you keep Shabbos, you keep mikvah, you, you eat kosher, you dread sneers. So a person that keeps all these mitzvot but doesn't have bitachon really is not doing it for God. Wow. Again, we go to the animal. It doesn't take away that he's doing mitzvot. He's doing them. It, 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 it has a, it has, a, it's, it's, it's very commandable. But the, the intention of his mitzvot are not for Hashem. It's so interesting. So bitahon is really a vital component when we're doing the mitzvahs. It's really, really a vital component. It's the number one. <laughs> because, because there's two ways to live your life, Vera. You can live your life, me, me, me. It's about me and what makes me feel good. And this is very new age now. Like do everything that makes you feel good. If someone hurts you, get out. Like you have to be, you know, all these ideas which are really, I think, taken from the Torah in a way, and the mindfulness and all these really come from our knowledge. But the difference is that the new age philosophies are geared towards the person. God is not even in the picture. They, they don't even say God. They say the universe, the forces of the universe, all these things. And it's about you and how you feel. But in reality, Hashem didn't give us a Torah so we can feel good. That's not the purpose. The purpose. So life is either about you or is it a or it's about God. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. It's really a good perspective that you shared with us. You know, how, where are you going to put your, where are you going to put your mindset? Is it going to be focused on God or is it going to be focused on you? And that's really, really super important. Yesterday, something very interesting happened to me. I went uh, to the supermarket and I have a, a very small amount of things. So I decided to pay through the fast lane, the one that you put the things in the, okay. So I had a bag with apples. And um, 
to scan the apple, I took it out so I could scan it. Then it said, please weigh it. And when I put the apple in the bag and I put them all in, it it weighed like nothing. Like it was like $1.30, okay? And I, stopped, I, I kept going, but I said that when in the world six apples cost $1.30? It, it can be in this world. There's something wrong here. This is your conscious. This is your godliness shama talking to you. So, so my my conscience said like, hello. There's no way that the, the, the apples cost one dollar. So I I put edit so I could like erase them so I could again pass them through. And the the guy came, and uh, because he had to re redo the whole thing again. And I said, I think it didn't weigh the apples in the correct way. Maybe because I put one and then I put the back. I don't know. He thought maybe I thought that it was too much, but it was really, I said, it's charging me less. He couldn't believe it. He was looking at me like, this crazy. Like any other person would have just walked out, you know? Or someone wouldn't even, would be unintentional. Like he wouldn't even realize, like he would go with his day. But if a person is all day thinking about God, this is what happens to him. Because even the most insignificant things in life are huge. It's amazing. You bring up a really, really good point because you're thinking you, you want to do the right thing. You don't want to, if you underpay for something, you're technically stealing from a store. And if you're thinking about, uh, th you're thinking about God, you know that God does not want you to be stealing from a store. You know that you have to be honest. And that's so true. You know, if you're thinking about me, 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 you could think, oh, you know what? I, I, I'm going to pay just what, what the computer says I'm going to pay. You know, I'm going to save money. You know, it's, it's a very. Or, or the person wouldn't have even realized it. Right. He would just go right. on because it's mechanical. Life is mechanical. Everything's mechanical. Right. They're not paying attention. Exactly. hundred percent. But when a person lives with Bitahon, Hashem is not in heaven. Hashem is standing right next to him all day. It's a hundred percent. All day he's with you, walking with you in your car, in your grocery shopping, in everything. He's always there. So this is what I want to to really. This is the punchline of Bitahon of what I've been learning. I've been learning Bitahon for I don't know four years already with the Sharha Bitahon. The Rebbe Lubavitch was very much into. You have to learn the gate of trust. Uh, he was very much into it. And um, and later on, I found this book for, from Rabbi Soloveitchik, the Beis Halevi, which is also I recommend. It's unbelievable book. It's very very good. Um, and this is what my journey on Bitahon has evolved to lately, from teaching it, from learning it, from living it. Because when you're teaching, you have to go with what you're teaching. I cannot teach people, but you know, you have to live with it. And really to have Bitahon really makes you very responsible. You have to be responsible. And um, and the, and so we see that, uh, that Bitahon, what it really does to you is that it makes Hashem real in your life. Beautifully, beautifully said, Bitahon makes Hashem real in your life. I love it. He, becomes, your, he becomes real. Thank you. Thank real, you. real. It's not an, It's not something you, you pray every day that you think, oh, he's, who knows if he's listening to me or he's not listening to me. The world has so much chaos right now. I don't think he has time for me. Like I'm such a little, but in reality, Hashem loves you like you're his only child. And he really cares about you. He really does. A hundred percent. You know, there, another story that you like stories. Uh, I have a daughter that lives in Panama. Panama now became a very famous uh, vacation place for Jews, religious Jews. They have an amazing community there. But we came for uh, Sukkot last year. And in those days, you needed like proof of you. I think still today, you need proof of vaccines. You need to write, to, to put everything in. A, they give you through the computer a whole questionnaire. You have to fill it up. And then they send you a barcode that when you come into the to, into the country, you have you pass the barcode and they let you in. Okay, so I don't know what happened. My my husband goes in, my mother goes in, 
and I don't have a barcode. They never send me the barcode, never, never. So the, the guy tells me, no, you cannot come in. You have to go to that table over there. So there's a table full of people that haven't been able to get into Panama, like people that came from Madrid, you know, like with little kids, like horrible. So the lady tells me, what do I have to do? She says, okay, you have to fill again the, the questionnaire and, we'll, and they'll give you the barcode through the computer. Guess what? My, my phone was completely no battery. I couldn't get into the into the into the website because of the Wi-Fi, whatever, plus no battery, forget it. So I'm there, I'm there, like, like please help me out, please help me out. What 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 others what other thing can I do? No, you have to you're gonna have to go back to Miami. We're not gonna let you in. And when's the next flight? Tomorrow morning. Oh, and I'm gonna have to sleep in there. Yeah, you're you're doomed. Okay. So my husband, like. 40 minutes later, I don't know how he did it, but he he said to one of the guards, he says, look, my wife is stuck in there. I, I need to go and see what's going on. Like, I can't get her through her phone. I think she has no battery. I need to see what's going on. And the guy was a kind guy. People are nice there. He let him in. So comes in and I'm like there, like sitting there and says, I don't know. They don't let me in. So says he says to me, so where's your bitajon? Where's your bitajon, Margie? You're teaching bitajon all day. Where's your bitajon? So at that moment, I look up and I say, Einot Milvado, Einot Milvado, Einot Milvado. At that, I tell you, Vera, it was instant, instant. Not one second later, the lady that was so rude to me, because at all this moment, I'm thinking, okay, this is a moment to do a Kiddush Hashem. They'll see a, a religious lady. She's decent. She's not screaming because everybody was screaming, you know? Hashem will help me, right? And at that moment, I said, yeah, my bitajon, ain't not bilbado. And at that moment, I don't know what happened. Like when you recognize that everything comes from God and that Hashem is the only one that can help you, at that instant, this lady comes who was so rude 40 minutes ago, said, Mrs. Shader, come, I'm going to help you. Give me, give me your information. And she put everything in her phone. And then it went through, but they wouldn't even give me a charger, nothing. I had nothing with me, nothing. Because my husband took my, my roll bag with him. I had nothing. And in one instant, it was fixed in one instant. So I tell you, these are things that are like, you say, how can it be? <laughs> Two seconds later, the lady was upset at me. <laughs> now she's sending me back to Miami. And in one second, her and the guy, he, he too jumped up. No, come, let's do it together to see who gets it faster. In two seconds, I was out. Amazing. It's the power of Ain Ode Milvado. That's what it is. Ain't, remember that word. <laughs> like, don't, I tell people, stick it to your here, like, really because it's a reminder it's not you know segulas are very nice but segulas are really there to remind you of who's running the show and the minute you 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 nullify yourself you do be tool you you become humble you say yo i know i hashem is the only one that can take me out of here the only one nobody else a hundred percent i love and it so, yes yeah, so the alter rebbe in the tanya uh, interestingly, I learned this chapter this week <clears throat> and uh, teaches that a person should accustom himself to see Hashem as a, as a loving father. Yes. Not only Avinu Malkeinu in, in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it, always. We have to accustom ourselves to see that Hashem is our loving father. And although at first, the Alter Rebbe says, Although at first it seems hypocritical and false because a person can feel like, oh no, I'm being such a hypocrite. I don't see God like my, like God is up there. He's the ruler of the world. He's not my father, no. But he says that godly neshama, that godly spark knows that that's the way it is. The soul knows. So you're not hypocritical. Your, your godly neshama knows this is it. This is the way it is. And so when we live our lives learning Torah and doing mitzvot and we look at ourselves 
like a loving child. We have a loving father, so we have to be a loving child, right? Yes. And when we're doing Hashem's will, we have to see it like it's an opportunity to give Nahas to our father. Beautiful, beautiful, very well said. Thank you, thank you. And the, and the other Rebbe finishes, a good thought is joined by the Holy One, blessed be he, as, as a deed, this is in, to a deed, this is in Kedushim. Hashem considers the thought like the deed. Like if you think this way, even if you don't do it, he makes it like you did it. And to, and to finish off, to finish off something that the Beis Halevi says, which is beautiful. He says that the word bitahon is a derivative of betah. And betah is certainty, right? So not only do we believe that God is able to provide rescue and grant success to us, but we're absolutely certain that God will do just that to the point that we're free of anxiety. Amen. Amen. I love that one. And bitahon can also be seen as a deriv derivative of the word tah, the Hebrew word tah, which means to plaster. Interesting. To plaster as in the command in, in Leviticus that says tah et habayt, plaster the house. And plaster is a, is a bonding agent, right? It's a bonding agent that holds together all that it covers. Like yes. you put uh, in your house, you plaster, it holds everything together. And in social terms, we speak of cementing friendships, right? Yes. We're plastered, we're, we're stuck to each other, we're, we're cemented. And the greater the friendship, the greater the bond and in turn, the greater the trust. Wow. So, yes. so the yes. same is true of our relationship with Hashem. When our bond is powerful, it serves as a plaster that unites us as one. And then we're the, there's the trust. I love that. The greater the bond, the greater the trust. That was a beautiful illustration because, yes, we can see it from friendships. You know, you, you get really close to a friend. Your, your friendship is cemented. You do things together. You talk, you share, you, you bond, you connect. And the greater your connection, the greater the trust. So it's the same thing between us and Hashem. The more we do his mitzvahs, the more we pray to him, the more we understand that he's the one in control, the greater our bond is, and therefore, the greater our trust in him is. It's perfect. It's perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebbitz and Margie, for taking the time to join us on America's Top Rebbitzins. We very much enjoyed having you here, and we learned so, so much. And may all the learning today that we did be a refer for Ushalema, for Lev Emmanuel Ben Liana, and for Eliezer Raphael Leib Ben Imuna. Thank you again so much. It was a pleasure, Vera. May you continue from strength to strength, lighting the world, one woman at a time. It really Amen. brings a lot of, 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 of goodness and, and light and women. We all need it, really. We all need to be inspired by Amen. one another. And we're coming to a time where Mashiach is here. He, like he's waiting, really. He's in the door. He's ringing Amen. the doorbell. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, the more we trust Hashem, the more we live a life in which Hashem is real for us and we're re a revelation of him in the world, the sooner he'll come. Amen.